This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 222 of the Stacey West podcast. You've got me this week, I'm Ben and I'm joined by Chris. How are you mate? Are you well? I am very well thank you mate. Good evening. How are you? I'm not bad. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a decent week. Uh, you know, I was just saying, we, we, I've got the cricket on at the moment as we record. It's it's going well for England in that. We've got, uh, you know, we had a, a very enjoyable time um, over the weekend, um, and yeah, it's 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 not going too badly at all. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, what have you been up to? You've been up to much apart from the obvious at the minute. Uh, well, I've got something interesting coming up. Um, we were talking about it at work earlier today. I'm going to see Oppenheimer tomorrow. The day it comes out. Okay. So I said this to, to a mate. I was like, oh, I'm off to see Oppenheimer tomorrow. He goes, oh, I didn't know they were playing. <laughs> Excellent. Are you yeah. not you're not tempted by the double bill? Absolutely not. No, oh. no, definitely not. Uh, I'm not too I'm not too fussed about the Barbie film. But <laughs> Oppenheimer is definitely one I've been looking forward to for a long time. Christopher Nolan is probably my favourite my favourite um, director. Yeah, my favorite ever film is Interstellar. I think it was excellent. It's, it's mm-hmm. yeah, genuinely my favorite film. I could watch it over and over and over again. So yeah, looking forward to to Oppenheimer. We can report back another time. I actually, I, I am genuinely quite tempted to do Barbieheimer. Of course you are. The, the double bill. It just, I, I just think it looks brilliant. Like, yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't get past a lot of people that just, oh, I'm not seeing Barbie movies. Oh, no, it's all pink and that's that. Yeah, but it's going to be fun, isn't it? It's just a fun movie. Like, I will see other films first, but uh, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Keep digging. Got my midnight screening ticket already. No, <laughs> fantastic. Um, but no, we, we were one of the reasons that I sort of picked our banter topic for today is because uh, on the way back from Boston on Saturday, I was uh, I was serenaded beautifully by yourself and Dave. Yes, you were uh, to a number of tracks, um, including some by Ferocious Dog, who I've, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm starting to listen to a bit more now, and I may well go to that gig at the Drill. Yes, fantastic, Ben. Uh, yeah. If anyone that doesn't know Ferocious Dog, you should know Ferocious Dog. They're like a Celtic, Irish, punk thing. Uh, they're excellent, and they're playing in Lincoln at the Drill Hall 
in August, I think 17th yes. of August. Yeah, uh, it's August. So. Yeah, it's, it's mine and Gaz's favourite band. Um, so yeah, for them to be on the on the doorstep is pretty good. But yeah, the more the merrier. It'd be great if we get some some imps there, some podcast fans. That'd be that'd be a really good evening. Yeah, I'm. I'm I think I'll uh, try and grab a ticket at some point soon. But yeah, we we did. You sort of had a little chat, and I said, well, what about the best or the funniest song lyrics that you know? Um, so I've I've got like possibly my favourite lyric, and then just one that I think is brilliant. And this kind of inspired the topics I was listening to earlier. Um, today. You've probably gone into more depth than I have here. I've kind of gone from <laughs> songs of which the lyrics are good, rather than the specific lyrics themselves. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, first, I, crack on. See, yeah, I mean, there's there's a song, um, <clears throat> there's a song that the, the sort of one of my favourite lyrics comes from. Uh, it's by Alkaline Trio. Uh, the song is called "Fine," um, and it's just basically um, about them going like, "Yeah, I'm everything's falling apart, but I'm fine. I'm going to say I'm fine." It's like, oh, that's more than a bit relatable sometimes. <laughs> you know, um, there's so much to be said about music, isn't there? That's you know, I, I what I've realised when I was thinking about this and just. We've actually been talking about music at work all all week, really. And I like two types of songs. Songs that really talk to my soul, that really mean something deep. Yeah. Or something that's just really good fun and means nothing at all. It's just a bit silly. Yeah. There's no in-between. It's either got to be really stupid or really serious. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think this probably fits into both those categories then. So the, <laughs> the first one was, was Fine by Oakland Trio. Cause it says, uh, it, he's talking about like love songs. And that. He says, um, it's a song that gives me heartburn. It's just... Uh, it's a love that gives me heartburn. It's a song that makes my stomach turn, but I wouldn't trade my hand for all the aces in the deck. I thought, that's a lovely lyric. Yeah, it is. That is, that is good. That is good. For my serious one, yeah. um, I went for Hurt, originally by Nine Inch Nails, then, of course, mm-hmm. famously covered by Johnny Cash. And I think it's the Johnny Cash version that, that I good. like the most, and I thought everyone else does as well. Just like every lyric, though, it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. Hence, yeah. the, hence the name of the song, obviously. But oh, it's just it's a brilliant song. Like, it just if that ever comes on, because I, I have like about four thousand songs on my Spotify, as you well know, after experiencing me skipping a million <laughs> of them on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Um, and there's some that you could just skip past happily, and you might be in the mood for. And there's certain songs that when they come on, you like you literally can't skip them. You have to listen to them. There and... was one that you tried to skip on Saturday, and I just yes, yes, you did, yes, you did, and I to roll it back. Yes, that's where that's clearly there is a hierarchy on this podcast because I listened to you, and and yeah, we did it. But yeah, Johnny Cash hurt is one that I just physically can't skip. So so that one definitely talks to me in terms of our serious one. Yeah. So in terms of silly. Did you get a silly, funny one that you I did. picked out? And, and the, the, I'd, I'd forgotten about this song, and it came on. I had, my, I had a, an, a, some stuff on random earlier, and it was by a band called The Vandals, who are sort of early 2000s American punk rock. Very silly, um, very stupid. Uh, and they've got a song called Disproportioned Head, oh. um, which, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's about a guy who has a head that's too big for his body. Um and uh, one of the lyrics is, I can only drive in convertible cars and my mum has a three-foot cesarean scar because of my disproportioned head. <laughs> See, that's the sort of song that you don't... You can skip any day, but if you're in the mood or you need to cheer up, that yep. fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I struggled to pick a certain song, um, so I went for a band. There's a band mm. called Ailstorm, oh. who are... They're like a, a pirate... They market themselves as pirate metal. Yep. It's so you've got to be into that sort of thing, but it's just funny. It's just silly and it's funny. Uh, and they have they have loads of songs. They're just really really silly. So if you're interested, 
please don't judge me, but do do get. <laughs> of course, the tenacious D, and there's the uh, F her gently. I think yes. you can't you can't escape from that as a funny song. No, it might not be politically correct, but it is still good fun, isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I came up for that. Also, the Jack Sparrow song by Lone, uh, the Lonely Island, featuring Michael Bolton. Is, oh, I don't uh, know that one. Oh, oh let, me, let me write it down. Let me write it down now. So I'm going to ruin your life with that song. Are you? Oh yes. dear, maybe I don't want to write it it's down. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And I, I can't like because we've got like we've got smart speakers in the uh, in our office rooms. If one of us is Ooh. having a shit day, um, like the other one will just kind of put random music on, and at some point, like I will just hear Jack Sparrow come out of nowhere. I'm like, Fantastic. Oh, I'm happy now. Brilliant. Well, the reason that we're discussing music, of course, <laughs> is because we shared we shared a journey to and from Boston on Saturday. Um, so our, our first topic of discussion this afternoon, this evening, is uh, it's just to, just to discuss that that match in a bit more depth. Now, um, Gaz and I mentioned last week that we were going, but neither was normally bother too much with friendlies, and we kind of say mm-hmm. you can never read too much into friendlies. You can never, you know, see the negative too much or the positive too much. And then we, we went came to away Boston, thinking we're going to win the league, and we? we had a fantastic day. Um, so yeah, we thought we'd just. Not do like a full match review, but maybe go into a little bit more depth on the Boston mm. game than we would do other um, kind of pre-season matches, primarily because we were all there and we could see yeah. it firsthand, which is kind of rare for pre-season. And also, I think there's, there's two or three interesting talking points as well. So, yeah, do you want to kick us off, mate? Yeah, I mean, it was first off, it was it was uh, really nice to to sort of go to a, a local game and, and sort of see everybody and, and just have a decent time, to be honest, like kind of few beers beforehand it was quite nice um the weather threatened to do something didn't initially um and then you know giving uh giving everyone's favorite viking a, a good serenade beforehand yeah that was, uh, a good, that was a nice moment yeah um because i think that was the thing like we never really got to say goodbye to michael boswick did we um because he left during the covid season yeah and uh yeah being able to to sort of say hello and thanks was was quite nice and then he just he was just bozzy during the game wasn't he i don't think that i don't think the word friendly is in his vocabulary when it comes <laughs> to football matches no definitely not um but yeah i mean you know um i thought i thought we looked fairly solid um again obviously you've got to bear in mind the opposition and the fact that it's not particularly a competitive game but it was a chance for uh you know four of the new lads to to show what they were doing what they you know what they've got in the locker um and I thought they did, you know, I thought they did pretty well. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Rico Hackett play. Um, I think there was a few really nice touches from him, uh, particularly leading up to, I think it was House's goal. Um, was it House's goal? Yeah, in the second, uh, yeah, second, in the half, second half. Yeah. Brilliant turn on the halfway line. Yep, took like four players out of the game. It was, yeah, that was yeah. exemplary, really. Yeah. Um, um, one thing uh, I've uh, written uh, down here is that just not just in that moment, that kind of it. That kind of kind of summed uh, it up, didn't yeah it? summed it up. But there were so many instances, specifically in the first half, where he just got himself in some really clever positions, kind of between the lines, those half spaces, which means mm-hmm. it was just really difficult to pick up. And it was just an intelligent play. And um, yeah, I was really impressed with him. Like you say, you can't judge too much about one match and against the opposition, etc. But you can only beat what's in front of you, and you can you can you can just judge what you see. And I was mm-hmm. I was particularly impressed with him, and also on that right hand side, I thought Lars Sorensen was just outstanding. So I think that was one of the the key things that we we kind of went into the game 
wondering about, didn't we? We were like, okay, so are we going to look to sign a right wing back? Are we going to be looking to, you know, to to build on what we had last uh, towards the end of the season with Lass? Um, but I think by about well, by the time that he went off, I don't think there was too much doubt in any of our minds that he's made the spot his own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was I was hopeful that he was going to be our starting wing back, and kind of argued for that last week. So I was really pleased that it seems that that's that that's the case. I think what was most telling is that Gary's changed his mind on the matter because he was <laughs> yes. of the opinion that we might need to sign a wing back, and he's come away from that game thinking, "Nope, definitely don't. Everything's fine on that side." Yeah. Um, so that was quite a nice moment <laughs> for us all. I think for him to admit he was wrong. <laughs> um, but you know, in seriousness, like he, he was outstanding. He was just. Yeah, just decision making was brilliant. Energy levels were brilliant. Yeah, it's just he's just looked every every inch a natural right wing back, doesn't he? Looks like he's been playing there his whole career. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think it was it was quite interesting to see uh, some of the tactics that were were on display. I think there was a lot of you know a lot of diagonal balls going forward, a lot of kind of not necessarily um, you know close uh, close short passes. Um, there was there was a little bit of going long if we needed to. Um, I think that stopped pretty quickly when we realised that the wind was against us, because um, I think there was a few instances where the ball got played quite long and it just started to go up and then stopped and basically came yeah. back around the way. Like we, we said, it was it was obviously a seven 0 victory. We're always going to prefer that than a than a five 0 loss that we had yeah, two yeah. seasons ago. That was that was always excellent. It's always great. I think there are a couple of caveats. Boston, it was probably harsh on Boston. The actual score line, yeah. Um, Certainly after they made their, or, or both teams made their changes on the hour mark, there was a big change in the game then. And we, it looked very much a training game there, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but I think even before that, the, the scoreline was a little bit harsh on them. They, they're they unfinished, but they're not they're not 7-0, you know, no. unfinished. But we were really clinical. So a positive for us, really clinical. Uh, I was really impressed with our off-the-ball stuff. We set some really clever traps and we, we pounced when we, fed the ball into those areas that like we pressed really high but there's a caveat to that you know there was a really really strong wind Boston were playing against that wind the wind was in their face in the first half and mm-hmm. anyone that's played I'm sure loads of you that are listening will, will kind of know this as soon, as soon as you're playing against the wind and you try and clear your lines as you just mentioned ball goes up in the air it kind of gets stuck and it comes starts to come back and you can't really clear your lines mm-hmm. so you're kind of encouraged to play out even more than you maybe would be normally tempted to which of course plays into our hands when we want to press high, and I yeah. think we just punished them when when they made mistakes in that situation. So we set up well, we we took those chances well, we punished them really well, really clinically. But I do think the wind maybe gave a little bit of a factor there in regard yeah. to forcing Boston maybe to try and play out from the back a little bit more regularly than they would maybe normally do so. Mm. Uh, but again, you can only play to the conditions. You can you can only beat what's in front of you, and we can't criticize how how we went about our job. But I think, yeah, there is a caveat there. If we are trying to not get carried away too much, I think that's <laughs> that's probably a point to be made there, really. Yeah, definitely so. I mean, like, kind of running through running through the goals, I mean, um, the first one was, was a penalty, I think, you know. Yeah, prime example it. of that high, high press, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, House runs in and um, kind of just runs basically at the keeper, um, I don't know if he took the ball off the keeper's feet or if he did just kind of keep lost control of it. But yeah, either way, went down penalty. Um, you know, Mandroy took uh, took and scored it. I think he said after the game, "I'm the penalty taker. I'm going to be taking the penalties unless things go wrong." So there was obviously the the Kings Lynn incident on his mind, probably. Um, but uh, got that done. 
Um, and then do, 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 who got the first, who got the second one? I'm kind of losing uh, losing track. Was it uh, uh, Brown's goal? It was Jaden Brown's goal. Is that the yeah, one that I, I was purring over for about ten yes. minutes afterwards? Because a wing back to a wing back. Oh, there's nothing better, guys. <laughs> there's nothing better than a wing back assisting a wing back. Oh, it's heaven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Hackett did his did his thing, didn't he? Kind of got the ball out to to Lass, um, and then you know Lass uh, Lass provided the assist uh, with with Jaden Brown scoring. Intelligent finish as well, though, to lift it because it was yeah. quite congested there. So to hit it in, you know, into the roof of the net is definitely an intelligent finish in that moment. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, when you you look at it back, it's. Um, it, it, it it looks like a simple finish, but it's really not. Like the the way that he sort of managed to twist his foot round and and you know prod at home was was really impressive. Um, next one was uh, was Hackett's goal. Um, so I think you know again this this is where the example of oh it's a friendly comes in. Gaz said in his uh, in his article that it probably should have been a red card, um, but you know House gets brought down. Hackett follows up, scores. Jobs are good. Um, again, decent one. Then after that, we had a, a, a forced break, didn't we? Yeah, that was exciting, Where... wasn't it? Yeah. I oh, you know what? I love a thunderstorm. I love I don't. it. Don't I mean, yeah, we had that. Yeah, we discussed that, didn't we? It's like, yeah, I love it. Well, you know what? When I was a kid, my my dad used to wake me up in the middle of the night if there was a thunderstorm, and we used to sit at, the, at my bedroom window and just watch it. And because of that, we kind of learned to enjoy it rather than be scared of it, I think. So, yeah, I love them. I think they're great. I, I appreciate it. It's not everyone's favourite. And a few people, a few hardy souls even stayed in the stands because we all kind of went and got cover in the concourse. But yep. maybe a good couple of hundred people just stood in the stands still. A few of them got wet. Yeah, I think it was... Somebody, I saw somebody suggest, oh, you know, it's just water. Why are they call it? Why are they postponing? It was not just water. That was like it was horizontal rain and lightning. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it was a bit like you know, in the first season of Breaking Bad, where they they put the bodies in the bath and the bath melts and then it goes through the floor. It, it was like that with water for a solid ten minutes, just constant dunkings of water is horrendous yeah i think if you yeah. played in that moment with the amount of standing water that there would be on the pitch you're just going to ask for injuries aren't you especially in yeah. pre-season there's no need to carry on yeah. correct I decision mean, have a little break come back out when the sun's shining yeah as you it were felt, felt like hail more than anything else like the size of the anyway we had to talk about football not the weather um you yeah, were british so, though so we're always going to talk yeah, about the weather a bit very true um so yeah i think um uh, didn't really after that didn't really get going again the second uh, in the first half yeah that kind of 15 minutes after coming back out from the, the break was just a bit of a nothing 15 minutes really if anything I think that, that was Boston's brightest spell probably yeah uh, they had a couple of free kicks a couple of attacks nothing too you know, too threatening but that's probably when they looked forward more uh, yeah like I said they, they, were, they weren't bad at all they didn't have a lot at the top end of the pitch, they're in need of a striker. But, you know, I think it's probably 90% of football clubs in the country are in need of a striker, yeah. aren't they? You know, it's probably us for once, aren't. Yeah, we're, um, we're doing all right in that respect. But, but yeah, I think, yeah, that, that last 15 minutes of the first half was a bit of a nothing 15 minutes. And then we came out at the start of the second half and within within a few minutes, it was 4-0. That was, I think that was Hackett's assist for House, wasn't it? That was the one that, that made it 4-0, I think. Uh, no, Mandroy and Sorensen. Oh, yeah, what a lovely Mandroy's. goal. That was a brilliant was counter a Beautiful finish. Absolutely, like, really, really nice uh, goal. If you watch, like, at the time, you sort of saw it, you thought, oh, that's a really good finish. But then when you, when you watch it back, the calmness that mm. Mandroyu's got to sort of basically just pick his spot, watch the ball come to him and go. The whole yeah, move, the whole move from, because it started off in our sort of left back position, the whole move was, mm-hmm. was brilliant. 
Yeah. Absolutely. That was good. And then it was Rico's goal that made it five. Yep. And then it was pretty much at that moment that, that, that all of the changes happened because I think there was 20 changes, weren't there? Maybe, yeah. even tw- maybe even 21 changes, actually. I think Boston changed their whole 11 and we changed everyone but Jensen. But Jensen, yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at that point, it kind of, uh, at least from the fans' point of view, it descended into chaos. Um, their poor old right wing back, bless poor him. Right, yeah. Slim Shady himself. <laughs> Indeed. It was, uh, I mean, I think he brought the initial barrage on himself when he when he went up for a challenge um, and came back up claiming he'd been elbowed in the face. It's like, if you'd been elbowed in the face by him, mate, you wouldn't be getting back up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then... Oh, absolutely. Kind of- he definitely justified the, the abuse. I think... I think the amount of abuse he received definitely out, outweighed his uh, what he was trying to do. All he was trying to do was buy his team a bit of time, bless yes. him. And he's, he's never, ever, <laughs> ever going to do that again, is he? No, <laughs> no. Although we did say on the way home that uh, because he's a trialist, I think if you know Boston need to sign him and they need to do like an eight mile inspired signing video <laughs> yeah it, definitely it, oh that'll like, go down so well you've got to embrace it haven't you you've yeah, got to embrace absolutely. it yeah i think that would be brilliant if it, if they did that um but yeah you know after that there was uh there was another couple of goals um uh hayden can got in on the act and yeah. charlie kendall as well yeah you um, know what um on, on kendall's goal i think what really impressed me again you, you've got to take the opposition and also the fact that he was up against two trialists on that side a center half and a wing back but who he came on left wing back, and I thought he looked really dominant, and I thought mm-hmm. he looked every inch a first team player. Again, caveat in regards to his direct opponents on that side of the pitch. Yep. But I thought he held his own. I thought he was really impressive, considering he was playing on his you know less comfortable side as well. And it was his assist that created Kendall's goal, I think, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah, it, it was just full of positives. We can't take mm-hmm. too much away from the game in terms of really judging where we are this season. But it's a big positive that we've come away from that game trying to calm ourselves down rather <laughs> yeah. than telling ourselves everything's going to be okay despite losing 5-0 like we did last week. And, and like we said at the, at the top of this little section, it was just a really good day. Like with the whole podcast mm. squad was in attendance. We all stood together, plus a couple of other close friends. And it was just a really nice day. And just had credit to Boston, really. I think their their ground is it's a really smart little ground. Really like yeah. the bar. The bar was bang on. Really mm-hmm. good bar. I felt like I was in some sort of trendy bar in town rather than at a football match. Um, yeah, I was just really impressed with the whole day, really. So Yeah, definitely so. I mean, like, it's it's a, it's that kind of, um, like, the, the community feel, isn't it, that's that's there. Um, it's a, but yes, it's a small stadium, but it's going to be for the level that they're at at the moment. And there's obviously, you know, room to expand if they need to. I think it's a, you know, it's a good little setup. I'm, yeah, I, I enjoy my day there. And, uh yeah, you know, um, all the best to them for the season, I think, because, uh, you know, it would be nice to see them claw the way back up. Um, I'd, I would, be, I'll say it now, I'll be disappointed if we're playing them in, in a few years, because it would mean that as well as them having good seasons, we may well have had some bad seasons. Yeah, I never, I never, I never feel like they're going to be on a, on a par with us in terms of stature. I think they'll, no. they're a smaller club and that's fair. They're a National League club. I think they're a National League yes. sized club. Uh, and they yeah. could be they could be a very competent, a very kind of yeah competitive national league side. And I genuinely wish them well. And I I think they they still see us as rivals a little bit. I I, ne- I never really felt that. Even when they was in League Two, it never really felt that. Uh, to be honest, I was more concerned about Scunthorpe at the time. To be honest, because they was always yeah. in our league and obviously Grimsby historically. But yeah, 
they'll happily be a feeder club. We'll, we'll happily loan them a player or two every season. Mm-hmm. All good. I mean, going on, you know, just coming away from that with, you know, talking about some of the, the lads that came on in the second half, I thought uh, Joven looked really, really good. Um, he looks really strong now. Yeah, really imposing, isn't he? Yeah, he kind of, when he came on, you know, a couple, the couple of times that we've seen him at Central Bank, he, he, he looked a little bit unsure of himself, maybe. Um, but he's, you know, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's, he's bulked out a little bit. As, uh, as as his parents would probably say, um, and he's definitely looking like a, a stronger player than he was. Um, and as well, uh, I, I know Gaz mentioned it on the day, but Hayden Can um, certainly looks like uh, uh, the kind of player that um, you wouldn't expect from from somebody that young. I think he's, you know, when last time we saw him, he, he looked like a boy. I think Gaz said, and now he's he's very much looking like a, a young man who's ready to play, you know, football. So. Um, Yep, definitely. Um, Gallagher got some minutes as well. Uh, Words for yep. Greg in terms of the younger lads that we haven't seen a lot of. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think there's, uh, the future is bright, isn't it? It'd be interesting mm. to see where they all end up on loan this year or how many of them end up somewhere. I expect the majority to go out on loan somewhere to continue their development, but mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see what level they go to. I think that's, the, mm. that's where the intrigue will come from. But yeah, I think we're in a good place, really. Absolutely. Um, so then, yeah, that was uh, that was the Boston game. Um, it was a, uh, like you say, an enjoyable day out. And uh, it, I think 7-0 is flattering whenever things happen like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we've, we've, like you said, lots of positives to take from it um, and look forward to the season starting. Um, one thing that we did see during the week, um, we've apparently been linked for a move uh for Tommy Lee from Accrington Stanley. Um, if Football League World are to be believed, uh, we've had a bid rejected. So whether we'll go back with another bid or whether that's sort of in the uh, you know in the in the we won't overpay for players kind of category, who knows? You know, but th- there's been interest there. Um, and looking over, you know, his, his history, I think he's he seems to be a very versatile midfielder. Um, in that he's played, you know, just in front of the back four. He's also been able to play up front, um, as well as slot maybe on the wings as well. So, interesting choice of of target, maybe. Yeah, I've um, I spent a little bit of time last night on Y Scout watching some clips from last uh, from last season. Uh, really interesting. We're going to touch. The, we've been linked with two players this week because I'm sure a lot of people will have noticed uh, him. Uh, Tommy Lee from from Accrington and also Jack Moylan from from Shelbourne, which I'm sure we're going to discuss in a few minutes' time. Before we get into depth with this, because I've, I've, I think I've got a few bits and bobs to say here, really, and there's some really interesting. Um, I think they're really interesting players and, and can really fit in tactically in terms of the profile of the player. They really do align, I think, with our with our what appears to be our current our current recruitment model. Mm-hmm. This so. Before we get carried away, one thing I'd like to say is we've been linked with these in the press and there's not mm-hmm. many of the players that we've signed so far this season it's very true, that yeah. we've actually been linked with. Yeah. I think the club's been very good at keeping things a bit hush-hush and almost some surpri- some sailings have been a bit of a surprise. They've just been announced, like, oh, we didn't know we was in for him. There's not been any kind of chatter about that. So the only concern I've got in the back of my mind is, well, why are we hearing about these ones? Is this agent talk? Is there a little bit of... Is there a little bit of like a bidding war going on or are they trying to start one? Maybe, maybe, 
the word has got out and it is completely correct and we're just you know it's just it's just one of those things you can't keep a lid on everything but i think before we get carried away which we might do after what i'm going to say um <laughs> uh yeah just let's just bear that in mind but tommy lee yeah you're right he's quite versatile i think he's primarily in terms of last season so he's been at Ancrington for two full seasons plus a little bit extra they signed him from non-league they signed him from bogner regis of all mm-hmm. this uh, so that shows that they've got quite a, quite a good scout and they've, they've signed a few players from kind of the lower reaches of non-league uh, and have, a lot have gone on to be successful. Uh, he's a goal-scoring central midfielder primarily, hard-working, aggressive, athletic, similar style of player probably to Ali Smith, who we've already signed. Maybe not quite as tall into the stature, but in terms of that kind of profile of player, mm-hmm. kind of aggressive, hard-working, could either play as a really aggressive eight or as a kind of box entering 10. Think of a Frank Lampard style 10 rather than a, I'm trying to think of someone who's a bit more kind of technical dribbly sort of player. Like, in terms of our team, he's less of a Danny Mandroyu, mm-hmm. um, but he'd be more of kind of a box entering. He's, he's not doesn't mean he's not technical. He's just kind of likes to get into the box on the end of things. So I find that really interesting. So he's got that versatility. Where could he play? Well, he could play uh, in one of those two 10 roles behind the striker primarily if we are going to play a narrow two behind, say, Ben House or, or Tyler Walker. He has played out wide, but I don't think that's a, a stronger position of his. He could play in a 3-5-2 if we play two sixes with a 10 in behind a striker as maybe a backup to Danny Mondroyu. Or what I think is going to be his, what would be his best position, which also links in a little bit to what Mark Kennedy said around Tyler Walker, is he would be brilliant in a 3-5-2 with Irahan as a, def- as a holding midfielder in a six. Mm-hmm. And then he could be one of a, an aggressive, like two aggressive eights that can get forward. Now, when Mark Kennedy was uh, asked about Tyler Walker at the end of the game again. Yeah, I was going to come on to this actually because it was a very interesting was. Uh, comment. We are very much reading between the lines here. But he meant a question that was asked was, how does Tyler Walker fit into your, to your plans and he mentioned about Walker playing kind of 35, 40 games, indicating he's going to be a starter. We also yep. expect House to be a starter as well. So that really indicates to me that we could we could go to a 3-5-2. And that then gives us the option, of course, to play a 3-4-3 as we are doing now, a 3-5-2 with a 10 and two sixes, or a 3-5-2 with one six and two eights slash tens, depending on how aggressive they are. And I think this links in really nicely with one of our weaknesses from last season. So one of our weaknesses from last season, specifically that Mark Kennedy referenced a few times, was we struggled to break down a back three. We were good at playing against a back Mm -hmm. four. We struggled to play against a back three. So let's think about this in terms of the formations and and on the pitch. If you're playing a 3-4-3, which was our standard system last season, and you're playing against a back three, which is is a defensive five, of course, then it's player for player. You haven't got an overload. It's your wing back against their wing back. Your left winger slash wide 10 against their left centre-half. The other side against the right centre-half. Striker against the middle centre-half. Man for man. Now, if you're individually more talented than them, that's that's good. You'll often create create something. But there's nothing... It's a numbers game often, football. It's, it's kind of manipulating space. You haven't got a spare player there. Now, if you're playing against the back four, that's great because you've got five attackers in that shape against the back four. You've got an, an overload, a spare player. In a three... Um, a back three in that three four three system, you haven't. Also, if we play a three five two with one ten, let's say Mandrew behind Walker and House with two wing backs, we've still got that five v five. 
But if you play a 3-5-2 with just one holding player, let's say Irahun, who's perfect for that role, and you play two aggressive eights, you've now got a front six. You've got your two wing backs, your two strikers, and your two eights against a back five. You create an overload that way. Now, that's very, very dependent on personnel because I would feel very uncomfortable playing that system with Erehan sitting as a six and let's say Danny Mandroyu and Ted Bishop playing as those two eights. Attack, mm-hmm. you know, attacking players, maybe not the most defensively sound because you need to have hard-working, durable, robust players that are good in both boxes, that can get up and down and that can re- re- recover on the transition if you're going to play with a, effectively an attacking six in that, in that mm-hmm. system. So for us to have two players that fit a really good profile with Smith and um, potentially Tommy Lee, that then really opened the door tactically for us to play 3-4-3 and then both versions of a 3-5-2. And it kind of keeps your back five and Ethan Irohan settled. And then you can jig around that, that kind of front quartet or few to be really tactically versatile. And I just thought it was really interesting that that's the type of player that we're looking at potentially. And if it is, it just really fits in tactically with a weakness that we had from last season. So I think the question for me would at that point would then be if, if that is the way that we're potentially looking to play this season, then does it negate potentially the signing of Hackett, you know? Well, it's horses for courses. For me, it's horses for courses. And, and if you're playing against a team that's a foot, that's a back four, right. We're going to play three, four, three today, chaps. That's, that's plan A. Mm hmm. And then if you if you need to change it, you probably play for a three two or three five two with a ten, and then you go man for man against their centre halves, and you should have a spare player somewhere then. Or uh, if you're playing against a back a back three slash five, then maybe our go to is going to be a three five two in that holding. And it's horses for courses. It's that flexibility, and, and maybe it gives us that flexibility to change in game. And it's a definite plan A and plan B. And you yeah. haven't. And you know, if you if you train equally on all of them, and we all know exactly what roles we have in both those systems. And it's almost like a flick of a switch to the from the gaffer. Maybe one one substitution, and and you've got a, a, almost a completely different shape. That's you know, for me, I, as you all know, I'm a nerd with it when it comes to the tactical side. So that's probably always <laughs> the side of things I look at it more than the technical ability of a player, more than the you know the, the like the F the work rate and the, the individual numbers of a player. I tend to analyse the shapes a little bit more and kind of where things can work. And it just really fitted in that he kind of either played in that, that aggressive eight role or he played in the 10 role for Accrington last year. And he scored 11 goals in all competitions from, from central midfield in a team that got relegated. So, Not bad figures, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think that's really impressive. I am I expect him to go somewhere in League One this season, whether it's us or not. I'd be really excited if it was. Um, but I expect him to end up in League One. It just depends where, really. Uh, have you got anything to add on was- him? I was going to say, I think the other the other um, clubs that sort of been linked were Portsmouth and Preston North End. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think given what, like you say, what he's achieved at Accrington, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in our division again this season. Um, I, again, I haven't, um, I, I'm going to say that the reason that I haven't looked at a lot of stuff is because I don't have access to Y Scout, but to be honest, I just haven't. Um so so like yeah, I mean ben, I, I don't, no one expects you to. It's only because I'm a a bit of a, a boffing with <laughs> this, you know. Good. Yeah, I like I just like to watch football highlights. Yeah, I mean like, look I, I, I've seen I, I've seen what, what he's capable of and like, yeah from from what's available on YouTube um and you know on the internet in general I think he, he does look like a decent um you know a decent player that will fit into something that we will you know something that we'll try um and i think you know again 
we'll have to see what happens with it. I personally wouldn't see this coming coming off if we've gone in with a bid, unless it's like one of those you know sort of insulting low balls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't really see this one continuing. Um, I don't know if I agree with but, that. Okay. I feel yeah we haven't spent a lot of money this summer yet. Yeah, we've paid money for a couple of players, but they're not going to be big fees. I I feel if this could be an Ethan Irahan style signing. I don't think it's going to be as as expensive as that, but I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't be surprised for us to go in with a a six figure bid here. You know, mm. with Rico, we knew that he want he he wanted out. The cl- he wasn't in the club's plans. He had a year left in his deal, so there was a you know there was a, a small fee played. We don't know how much, but we don't expect it to be a significant fee. It's not going to break the bank. I think Tommy Lee's the sort of player that really fits a profile that we could go after that really impacts the first 11 now, has potential to grow either with the club or to be sold on uh, for a profit. I wouldn't be surprised to see us going in maybe 150, upwards of 200k here. I wouldn't say we'd go much more than that. But I think he there's, there's, there's definitely value there. And that fits in with maybe the kind of the numbers that Accrington would probably want to want to receive in, in terms of that would be an acceptable amount. Now, moving on to the second player. I was going to say, before we do, because um, again, yeah, you know, the, like you're saying, in fitting into the, the model and everything like that, 23, so he's the right kind of age for it. And yeah, it's it's a definite possibility. But I think we're going to take a little break here um, for, uh, for, for undoubtedly another incredibly enthusiastic uh, promotion for a fast food outlet. But... Before we do, I, I just need to ask somebody, uh, what's your name and what are you listening to? I'm Tyler Walker, and you're listening to the Stacey West Podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So there we go. That was probably Gary talking about fast food. But before that, how good was that, Chris? That's really cool. I like it. Yeah. Well done in getting those recorded, by the way, last week or I'm, whenever it was. I'm well happy with that. Um, yeah, thank you to, to you know for, for giving us the quick chance to get those done. Um, but there will be a few more of those. Um, but yeah, there's, that was the first one this week. So uh, cool. Right, let's move on to... The second bit of transfer news because it kind of it kind of trickled out that we had an interest and then there was a bit of a development wasn't there in the week so yeah um the, the news sort of broke i guess that we were potentially looking at uh, jack moylan again from the league of ireland um currently playing with shelbourne sixth in the table 
uh, over in Ireland. And he's had a very good season um, so far. Seven goals, 23 games. Is uh, Obviously, the, the season over there runs until December. Um, oh, sorry, November. Um, and contracts expire in December. So, um, yeah, there's there's been talk of us potentially signing uh, Moylan. Uh, it sounds like you know people are expecting him to go and, and get a decent move um, at the end of the season, but whether we could potentially bring him in before the start of our season remains to be seen. Um, any initial thoughts on this before we kind of move on to, to the development? Yeah, well? this one's a bit um, bit more straightforward probably than, than Tommy Lee discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Moreland can play left wing, right wing or 10. So he would be perfect in, in any of those systems, kind of behind the strike that we mentioned earlier. He's, I think I've got down here, he's got eight goals in 24. So maybe he's played a game and scored since uh, since the start since of the year. So, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a kind of a, I think he's a, a maybe a similar type of player to a, to a Danny Mondrouillou, similar type of player to Dylan Duffy. And, and that's not just because they're Irish, they're, they're kind of attacking players that can play any role kind of behind that that forward line. We need a player in that position to give us the four for those two roles. It fits in perfectly in that regard. Good age again. He's young, uh, but he's also had two full seasons plus playing in a professional division. You don't really interest me about the players that we've signed so far. Uh, well, you know, protect primarily the players that we've actually been linked with as well. Is we're clearly interested in players that are really durable mm-hmm. because. Jack Moylan's played 24 games so far this season. He's almost every match that he's been available for, he's played. And he started 23 of those 24 games. Tommy Lee last season started 40 out of 49 matches in all competitions. These are players, bad, that, you know, it? availability is an ability in itself. And, yeah. uh, you know, avail- not just availability to train, but availability to, to play all the way around. You know what I meant? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, the thing a, is, we've, we've a, seen we've seen the opposite of that, haven't we? Exactly. We've seen the opposite of that recently with you know the likes of um, you know uh, of Joe Walsh, um, where undoubtedly quality players. I mean, obviously he's at the other end of his career than the guys we're looking at potentially looking at here. But when you can't make yourself available, or when your body just won't make itself available for those games, there isn't too much point in having you in the squad. Um, and that's incredibly harsh to say, but it's it's kind of true when you're talking about professional football. So yeah, um, yeah. So I think, yeah. I think the other two biggest things that stood out to me, I wasn't surprised for us to be linked with Jack Moylan at all. Uh, Ireland's been a happy hunting ground for us for us recently, mm-hmm. and we've been linked with a few players there, and a few have obviously come off. And I feel that it's it's a we've probably got a bit of a a good relationship with with teams in the in the League of Ireland as well. Interestingly, guess who? Shell Bourne's manager is. Oh, I did see this. I I can't remember. It's Damien Duff. Remember yes. him? There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? So he's yeah. obviously got himself into into some mani- into management. management there, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So it's not a bad not a bad mentor if you're an attacking wide player to have as your gaffer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, 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 the I mean, this, this is the thing. Sorry. Like, I, I was going to say, like you, you say, we've obviously had some happy hunting there recently. Um, this does seem a little bit like the kind of tangent that we've been forced to go down following everything that happened with regard to, to Brexit and everything after we yeah. signed Lewis Monsma. So I know from what we'd spoken to, you know, we, we me and Gal spoke to Jez at the they did an event at the club. We had a quick chat with him there and. and 
um, there was some parts of the uh, like the live thing that we didn't actually release. But Jez was saying in that that um, you know the strategy needs to diversify because you can look at all of these smaller leagues in Europe, but then all of a sudden you've just got that barrier yeah. straight away, and you've got to go somewhere where you can have that that option. And the League of Ireland seems to be like you say, a bit of a happy hunting ground for us, really. Um, I mean, you know, Dylan Duffy came in towards the end of last season, didn't necessarily know what to expect from him. And a lot of people were saying, can you, you know, when's he going to play? When's he going to play? Obviously there was a, um, it was a high pressure environment to put a young player in to try and keep the club up, I guess. Yeah. But then once safety was confirmed, he was able to come in and say, right, okay, just go and have a bit of fun. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he looks, he looks really impressive in those uh, those yeah. few appearances he had. And I think there's, there's definitely a potential there, isn't there? I'd, yeah, and I'd, I just wonder if that's kind of, if that's the sort of talent that we're looking at and potentially, you know, seeing if we can bring in. I don't necessarily think this is going to be a case of, right, we're bringing him in to loan him out. I, I think this is potentially, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at players in the League of Ireland to give a platform um, in League One and, and help them develop yeah. uh, at Lincoln City rather than, you know, getting a player in and, and putting them immediately out on loan. And, and Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's, that's, that's probably the interesting part of this potential deal is the timing because we mm-hmm. need someone to play in that, you know, as, as I mentioned, we want four players for every position on the pitch in that, 10 slash wide role, we've got three currently. We've got Mandrew, Duffy, and we've got Hackett. We need one more. We it's been, you know, it's been pretty open and honest from the club that we're looking for another attacking forward. Jack Morlin obviously fits that bill, which would indicate we want to sign him now. This because there's been talk of us potentially signing him now, but then loaning him back to Shelbourne for the rest of their season until the end of November. But he won't mm-hmm. be able to then play for us until January, which is a couple of months of no football. And one of the reasons why Ahui and Draper were brought back is so that they don't have that two months without football. Yep. So it would really surprise me if we was to, to to sign him and then loan him back to Shelbourne. I, Of course, it, it needs to be a better deal for Shelbourne for them to release him now uh, yep. and to not have him back on loan. So that could be a little, yeah, a little, a little barrier there. Maybe it's someone we look to go for in January if it doesn't materialise, but I'm not so sure about that because... We need someone else in that position now for the squad mm-hmm. now. So it, 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 you know, if we if we decide to move on from Morlin, we sign someone else, then there won't be the bingo cards ready pathway for yeah. him uh, in <laughs> in January. Should we att- should should we look to to go there? So he fits in if we sign him now. He fits with the profile of player we need, and he, he would fit in with tactically with the squad. I feel in terms of like a key signing or an exciting signing, I would absolutely love to have him as part of the squad if we sign him now. But I think it's someone that we could potentially move on from if it doesn't suit both parties perfectly right now. Whereas I feel mm-hmm. if we, I feel it's worth going after Tommy Lee. I think you know if if it is true that we've had a bid turned down, I think it's very much worth to be to go back because he really could threaten the first team and offer some real tactical kind of diversity there. So yeah, I'd like them both. They both fit in really nicely with the profile that we're looking for. I don't know how likely either of them are. But I think maybe I think that the Lee I think excites Moylan, me more. Yeah, I'll say I think that the the Moylan one is is seemingly a little bit further down the line than than Lee's transfer, um, or you know if that if it does materialise, um, sounds a bit like um, uh, where was the bit I was just reading? Uh, there was a bit there saying about 
um, Shelbourne's owner um, are also well, they're, they're owned by the majority shareholder at Hull City. Um, so there is the talk potentially of having a uh, Hull City loanee go over there uh, to replace. Yeah, that's a nice Island. that's a nice relationship to have that kind of makes yeah. makes it, it kind of less of a harder hit if we do sign yeah. now for Shelbourne because you know they want to be they're they're sick they're going to be challenging to qualify for like a Conference League qualifying spot. So yeah. you know they don't want to one of their most dangerous and their most valuable players to leave cheaply and then they're going to have a big hole in their squad. They need to replace him with somebody and that'll be a big yeah. concern for them. So, yeah, if they can get someone in on loan from Hull who can kind of go over there, get a bit of experience and do them a favour, you know, with that mm-hmm. relationship that's already built in with the, the same owners or, you know, there's definitely a, a connection with the two clubs, that definitely can makes it a bit more, probably a bit more viable. Yeah. Interesting yeah, stuff. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we'll keep an eye on these and... Um and you know mention them if they uh, you know if there's any further updates obviously if they come to fruition we'll talk about them quite a bit um but uh, that's it in terms of the the transfer rumors for the week they're the two big ones um the next thing that we're going to talk about briefly uh, is the fair game uh, index. So the Fair Game Index has been put together by Fair Game, um, where they've kind of gone across the ninety-two and looked at the the sustainability, the the viability of clubs, and kind of put together a league table essentially um, of uh, affordability, uh, not affordability, sorry, uh, sustainability, governance, equality, and fan engagement. So it kind of gives you a picture of of where clubs are, and I think this is ahead of the uh, proposed new regulators coming in in 2025 this will give them a or give people an idea of the kind of things that they're going to be looking at um and you know how funds could be distributed going forward after you know after 2025 provided the fan led review actually gets turned into uh, an actionable piece of policy which i think we're all hoping it does because Football's in need of a change, isn't it? Yeah, I think what's interesting from the club's perspective, and this is mentioned by Liam at supporters board meetings, is there was the the white paper that came out. There was the the recommendations from Tracy Crouch and the the uh, fan led review, and the kind of official regulator that's coming in, and the and the recommendations that are there have maybe been slightly watered down, but they're still going to be there. And what he said is that we the club still intend to act as if every single recommendation that Tracy Crouch proposed that should be kind of across the board, even if it wasn't necessarily, uh, it didn't get get the kind of the nod in Mm. regard to being in the final recommendations, the club still want to adhere to kind of the best practice possible. Yep. Uh, Which I think kind of that speaks volumes and it's kind of proof in the pudding really when it comes to the the rating on the on the fair game now i'll have to admit you know um while i was looking at analytics of tommy lee this is what you were looking into in a bit more depth so you probably have a bit more insight in this than, than i do so do you want to just maybe expand on some of the some of the findings yeah so the the interesting thing for me um i mean again they haven't made public um the the, the metrics and, and things like that for the, the you know that they were looking at in order to achieve these positions but Looking at the the League One um, 
index for last year. Uh, Cambridge United come uh, come up on top in the fair game index. Um, basically, it's, I say it's split into four categories. So you've got financial sustainability, which is out of forty, governance out of thirty, fan engagement out of twenty, and then equality standards out of ten. Um, so the overall score is out of a hundred. Um, Cambridge United top the top League One with sixty nine point eight three percent I suppose you may as well um, mm-hmm. uh, 69.83 out of 100 uh, Plymouth are next with 68.35 and we are third with 66.84 um, so obviously there's work to do across the pyramid um, I think you know everybody can sort of understand that but when you have um, a club that's able to put together financial sustainability uh, 25 out of 40 a governance score of 20 and a 20 and a half out of 30 fan engagement of nearly 15 out of 20 yeah. um, and the highest equality standards in the in the, in the entire pyramid that they looked at um, I think what it means is you know in, in layman's terms essentially what we've been saying for a while the club's in good hands um, you know the, the financial sustainability side of things I would question some of how they put these numbers together. Um, I think we we spoke about it off air and said Forest Green Rovers come in at thirty seven and a half out of forty, whereas I think it's kind of an unwritten secret, well, untold secret that if Dale Vince goes, the club goes pop. But again, I'm not one to criticise. <laughs> I don't want to. I am. Rat- I am. There's, <laughs> there's, there's something there's something fishy going on here with these. No, I agree. Like, there's a lot to take from this. There's a lot of positives to take from it. We don't know what those metrics are. And certainly on the financial sustainability side of things, I think there might be some question marks. But but I think all of us know that we're in a half-decent position financially. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of – there's no debt in the club. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. there's a, a couple of million pound loss every season, but, but that's currently covered by – Investors and of course we're hoping to try and plug that with, with with infrastructure, trying to plug that in player sales and you know, we all know the model. So I think from a financial perspective, we all know that we're absolutely fine. We we spoke about it at length when the financial report came out for the season. And then in all those other metrics, we're kind of or we're in the top kind of We're there or thereabouts. Yeah, we're very much top or top two, really. Um quite so yeah, in the kind of governance we're Cambridge are till twenty point eight eight, we're twenty point five five. Uh, the next one, I think, is down at like 16 or something. Yeah. And then, of course, we've already mentioned that you know, fan engagement is is top three. Equality standards is top in the whole pyramid. So, yeah, we're we're in, we're in, a, we're in a good place. I don't think we learned anything from this. You know, it just kind of confirmed what we what we already suspected, really. Yeah. But it's good news. Yeah, I mean, it it is sort of putting out there in the public what we kind of already know, um, and. It's it's an interesting thing to to look at and uh, you know try and understand it a little bit more and, and say right well what does this mean for us as a club um, right now not a lot other than being able to toot your own horn and say these people think that we're good at this yeah it, it shows but, that we you know we can we're highly respected I think that's we've got a growing yeah. respect I think inside football and you know, mm-hmm. Kieran Maguire is uh, the price of football chap football finance expert is is always you know referencing us as one of the the kind of good eggs in fact on a, on a tangent if you haven't heard it by the way um mm-hmm. podcast co-host charlie was on the price of football podcast recently he was absolutely brilliant listen um charlie's registered blind and he was discussing um, well elements of that and how you know how that works some of the positives and some of the challenges relating 
um, to football and also from a financial perspective. And, and of course, their conversation is always like on theirs, just like ours. The conversation went off track a little bit and on a tangent, but it was a really good listen. I think he, he spoke really well. He promoted the club in a good light once again. Yeah, so just on he a bit of a promote the pod, though, did he? Disgraceful. He forgot to plug the pod. <sighs> we'll let him off. We'll let him off. Yeah, yeah, we'll let him off. Um, but no, I, I've yet to listen to that. I have got it downloaded ready. But, uh, I've, I've yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, but yeah, like I say, it, this is kind of at the moment. It's it's a nice thing to have on your on your CV on your resume for for the club. Um, it's something the club can shout about at the minute. But going forward, you know, when this when when the new regulator does come in, this is the kind of information that is going to um, kind of tip our hand a little bit into into look. We're being really well run. This club isn't being very well run. Where are you gonna? You know, where is the money gonna div- like be divvied up into? It's it's gonna be these kinds of things. Like, if you're a well-run club, you should be rewarded for that. Um, and this is hopefully um, a, a way of doing so. Um, right. One thing that we're not gonna reward people about, and we're gonna touch on this briefly um, because there's a very in-depth article in the, on the club website about it, which is what's happened. Some absolute scumbags have been posing as club scouts and going around uh, youth team games and and pretending that they're going to be giving kids contracts with Lincoln City. And asking for money for trials from parents. Yeah. Gits. Yeah. I mean, if if you're listening to this and you haven't heard about this, um, by all means, you know, if you're concerned, get on the club website. Yeah, there's Um, there's a really clear... And a yep. really, really good article, actually, really, really informative, and a really, uh, yeah, quite strong article by the club on the club's website about this, stating yep. they're basically bogus. There have been bogus Lincoln City scouts out there, people pretending to be scouts from the club, and they're not. And they've they've kind of set in stone on the on the article, highlighting how what the kind of best practices and what the regular kind of process and procedure is for that mm-hmm. kind of a trial from into the into the academy and how a scout will kind of conduct themselves and i think it just yeah. shows the professionalism that goes into that process and yeah. how different it probably has been by those um those bogus scouts you know you can't do anything about it it's not the club's fault that that's happened what is really yeah. positive is that the clubs have acted quickly they've, they've made a statement and and hopefully that just opens people's eyes a little bit to to what's Absolutely. going on out there yeah, so definitely, yeah, if, you, if you've got concerns um, about anything, you know, if you've got kids that play at, uh, at youth level and you, you think you may have seen somebody doing this, um, check the website out because there is, uh, you know, there's a link there as well about um, pictures of the club scouts and, and the names um, and, you know, full uh, rogues gallery, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not a rogues gallery, the opposite. Yeah, yeah, gallery. the good guys. <laughs> The good guys, yeah, um, they're on the uh, on the club website. So, um, yeah, the, the, there are other connotations that go with that when uh, the, the individual is described as potentially dangerous. So, just make sure that uh, if you're out there, you know, if the kids are out there, just stay as safe as you can and make sure that you're not getting swindled. So, but I think that's probably it for news and stuff but we will wrap up this week with a question from Stu fox um 
friend of the pod, Stu, says uh, a possible question for the podcast. With us now considered as an established League One club and Freddie Draper going to Walsall in League Two on loan, do you think clubs directly below us are looking upon us in a different light regarding the quality of our young players to possibly loan them compared to a couple of years ago? Short answer is, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think our reputation with that is is definitely growing. And, you know, it all goes back to that investment that we had in the academy and in the youth team, the training ground, that you know, it was said at the time, you're not going to see the benefits of this now. Give it five years, 10 years, mm-hmm. you're going to start to see them dripping through. And I think we're just starting to see kind of the just uh the em- not the embers that's that's the end of that's the end of a fire isn't it uh, Shoot. <laughs> the shoots there we go yeah the shoots of that beginning uh there are some really promising young players through we, we all know how uh, sean rowan i think he's kind of that example isn't he look this is a, someone who's now established himself in the first team freddie draper looks really not far away from that and i think mm-hmm. the fact that those players just had the time to to develop and they're now kind of just kind of to the age and the maturity where they're going to be needing first team football at a competitive level whether that's league two or not we could discuss that'll be that'll be dependent on the individual i think but i think we're definitely being seen in a different light the fact that we've been a stable and a yeah established is a really good word established league one club for for a number of seasons now i think that's that's definitely goes in our in our favor you know it's not i don't think we're seen as a relegation candidate I don't think we're, we're seeing that we're kind of punching above our level. I feel that we're a, a club that is at the level it should be at now. So if you are a, a League Two club of the similar stature, like relatively compared to where we are in League One, I think we're, we're probably a, a market that you'd be interested in looking at. I think in regard to will this potentially lead to future loans to League Two for players of a similar ilk, a similar kind of stage of their development as Freddie Draper, yeah, it probably depends a little bit on how Draper does. And if he goes yeah. there and he, he plays regularly, scores five or six goals in the first half of the season, you know, that's going to make other League Two clubs take notice. I think, hang on, Lincoln have got some promising young players that can be a real a real kind of value at this level. And or maybe a little caveat is the fact that Draper has already kind of, inverted commas, proven himself somewhat because he's been across in the League of Ireland, which is you know a pretty similar standard to League similar Two standard, in, in, yeah. in a lot of elements. And he's, and he's impressed a lot. And let's imagine that Freddie Draper was a Drakeda player and he's had that season that he's just half a season he's just had. Teams in the lower half of League One, top half of League Two, that's the sort of player that you're going to go and approach. They're the sort of players that you're going to be, you know, you're going to have an eye on and want to want to bring into your club. So I think the fact he's had that experience first sets mm. him up to have a, a better chance of having a successful loan at Walsall. But if he yeah. does go on and kick on, I, I think that could be something that we start to see more regularly. You know, Sam Long this time next year, if he's not quite first team ready, it's another step up for him if he goes into League Two. We don't know where Alicia or who is going to end up, if anywhere, this 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 summer. There might be there might be a couple in either this summer or in a year's time that do end up at that League Two level, which would be really interesting. Yeah, I think the, the thing that you said there about uh, Freddie is, is kind of where I... I sit with this. It, it almost seems like the Drahida move was almost putting him in a shop window for a, a loan for a, an English club. Um, and that's not to be disrespectful to Drahida at all. You know, obviously they've, they've done some, we've got an incredible relationship with them and that, you know, our players go there. They seem to do well, but 
I think coming back from it, you then have the you know the possibility of going into League Two. Whether this whether loaning players uh, the whether loaning younger players straight from the academy to League Two is is a, a possible future option. At the moment, I don't think it is. I think I think you're still going to have you know players like. Um, Ushin Gallagher, you know, you're going to have Ilicha going out again. You're going to have other players of of that ilk and of that age potentially going to still your national leagues. You, you know, national league. Yeah, I think team. it's it's. I think it depends on the individual player as well. I think yeah. they probably for for a League Two club to really be interested in them, and for it to be worthwhile for us for them to go to League Two and play regularly. That's you know, we yes. don't want someone to go to League Two and just sit on the bench and not really be involved and just be a squad player. You know, like when, when we were yeah. in League Two, we signed James Brown, for example, from Millwall, and he just didn't touch the ball, didn't kick a ball mm-hmm. for us. I wouldn't want any of our players to go to League Two and be that. You know yeah. that just kind of backup. You want them to go there and play, don't you? And I think that yeah. depends on where they are in their development. And they probably need to have had a reasonably successful loan either over in Ireland or maybe in the national league for a League Two club to to want to take a you know take a, an interest in them. So yeah, uh, Huey, I could see. I'll be honest. I think Huey's going to stay around a squad, but if he does go on loan, yeah. I think a League Two loan is where we can see him go. You mentioned yeah. Gallagher. You know his 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 only real loan that he's played a bit of football was with Barwell last season, which is step four of non-league. So you'd expect him to maybe appear at step three or maybe at step two, so National League North or maybe the Northern Prem. That sort of level is kind of where you maybe expect him this coming yeah. season. It'd be a big old jump to expect him to go to a League Two club and, and, and play, even a National League club and play. I think you'd expect him a little bit lower. But then if they prefer, if they impress there, then their next loan is going to be that next step. And it's just building that experience and that exposure to get them ultimately ready to be a Lincoln City first team player. And the next yeah. the next logical step for Freddie is League Two. Hopefully he goes there and, and impresses. And if he does, that's great for Lincoln now. It's also great for for potential development in the future for other players. So yeah, no pressure. Yeah, no, no pressure, Fred. <laughs> no, I think I think that's right. I think you know I think we're we're basically on the same page with Yeah, that. definitely. You, know, you it, it, we may not see League Two teams snapping up a 16-year-old from the academy and taking them straight away and, you know, taking them on loan. But I think when you say that, you you build on the loans with with each successive one that you have. So, you know, Sam going to... uh, Falkirk? Was Sam... Sam was at Boston. Did he go to Gainsborough as well? So long. I went to Boston at the start of the season, then recalled, and then he went to Bromley in the National League, got in the team. Uh, played one game, then we recalled him because we needed him on the bench. That was it. And that I, was I seem to, but I think, I think the days of seeing every young player go out to Gainsborough or to Grantham, probably that those days are numbered. I think, and I think you know you're going to see, you will see better quality loan teams if if that. If that's not too I, think, yeah, I think Gaines was a realistic, um, a realistic destination for people. Hayden can has been there for a year or two, and he's he's really impressed. Yeah. And and now he looked he looked as we discussed earlier at the start of the pod. He looked, let's be honest, he looked like a first team squad player, didn't he? He looked he looked capable. Yeah. Maybe I expect I, him to get another loan this season, maybe a national league loan. But if he stays yeah. around the first team squad as a squad player, I think he, he's not going to look out of place there. And that's on yeah. the back of a season or two at Gaines for Trinity. So yeah, I doesn't I wouldn't say we're going to kind of rule out those. I, no, think but I, I, I think a bit of a difference think, would be 
historically we've seen our kind of 18 19 year olds going out on loan to say grantham say lincoln united i yeah. think we might now see start to see our 16 17 year olds going out yes. on loan to yeah, those, those levels yeah that's what I was, I was kind of saying like the ones that are on the fringes were going out to you know gainsborough but i think now with with the way that things are being set up i think they're going to be the earlier loans yeah i think they're they're, they're the first loan aren't they yeah yeah and then we'll we'll start to see them but yeah I, I do think that you know teams in league two are going to start looking at, at players that we have loaned out elsewhere um i think the kind of steps that we have in place at the moment so you know you go out to national league north or, or you know somewhere in non-league you come back you then potentially go to the league of ireland you you know you then develop to a point at which a league two club's ears will start pricking up and going oh hello and we're hearing good things about freddie draper yeah and then, and then you're then they're only a good six month loan away from Lincoln's first team. Absolutely. So yeah, and it's it's a decent. Here we go again. But that is the pathway that is available yeah. for the uh, for our young players. <laughs> we haven't got a reserve team. Yeah. That's what you do. You go in the academy. You get exposed to first team football. You gradually develop at different levels to get you ready for the first team. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Great question, Stu. By the way, thanks for that. That was a really yeah. good question. If anyone else has any questions, please do let us know. Yeah, get in touch. Twitter. Uh, what's the email address if anyone has anything they want to send in? I think it's stacywestpodcast at gmail.com. Thank I you. don't know if Gary still checks that. I imagine we must do. We must do. Twitter's great, though. Contact us on Twitter if you're on Twitter. Uh, I mean, Twitter's great is a is a very, well, Twitter's very great loaded state. <laughs> in terms of it's the best method to contact us. Uh, yeah, it's not great. It's going to explode at some point very soon. Uh, but at the moment, it's definitely the best way of getting in touch with us. So, yeah, any of us, if you do have any questions you'd like us to discuss, we're always happy to take those questions. So, yeah, thanks yeah. for that, Stu. More, please. Just shout your questions into an out-of-control bin fire. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Hey, what, yeah. there's a podcast or is that Twitter? Uh, well, either. I mean, you, know, just, you might as well just pick your phone up and shout at it now if you want to do that. You know, that, that'll potentially work. But no, look, um, it's been good this week. Um, you know, decent win away. Some good uh, juicy nuggets of rumours to get stuck into. And uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit more to talk about next week. We've got a friendly on Saturday's at Crew this weekend. Yeah, then Grinsby midweek, followed by Rotherham next Saturday. Next and Saturday, then the season right. starts. Indeed, that's that's a terrifying prospect, but also very exciting. You know what? It's not terrifying. I don't think it is terrifying. I think if we kicked off now, we're well ahead of loads of other clubs on our level in terms of just how ready we are. Squad's fine. Yeah, we need to add to it, but we've got a, a, a really good first 11. We've got a little bit of depth on the bench. I think we're in a really good shape. If the season kicked off tomorrow compared to the majority of League One, we're in a really good place. I'm not nervous at all. I'm really, really looking forward for the season. I can't wait. I'm very much in the same boat, maybe with a little bit less enthusiasm. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that could be said about anything on the Stacey West <laughs> If You said it. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to leave it there for now, and uh, we'll see you next week. Um, I don't know who's going to be on next week. I'm it away. I won't be here. I'm away with a good lady. We're off. To, we're okay. doing a, a murder mystery weekend, or Thursday night, Friday night. Uh, yeah, in a hotel, there's like like a murder mystery kind of play going on around you. Apparently at mealtime, I don't really know. Never done that sort of thing before. Okay. My my mum bought us it for Christmas, and it's it's come round. So that's what I'm doing next wow. Thursday. So yeah, it's not my fault. I'm not on. It was just that's the date. <laughs> that's how it works. So there that we sounds go. Sounds like good fun. Actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll report back. But yeah, it won't be me next week. So I imagine it'll be you, Gary, Charlie, a combination of possibly. 
Indeed. Hopefully we'll have some signings to talk about. We'll have some football to talk about, some goals and all of that kind of stuff. But until then, as always, up the imps. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.